and welcome to Spark People Radio, supporting you in learning the healthy, permanent, and pleasurable approach to getting into the best shape of your life. I'm Lily Hills, your host, and we'll be joined by my lovely co-host, Karen Hudson, just a little later in the show. But until that fiery redhead joins us, we've got you covered in terms of great information to help you reach your health and fitness goals, the ones we are sure you're going to reach because you're never going to give up on yourself. You're going to stick with yourself through thick and thin. And that's the key, staying committed even when the going gets tough, calling on that super strong part of who you are to help you stay focused. And when that isn't enough, on particularly hard days, reach out for support, my friends. That is the constant advice from every expert we have on the show and every guest that has lost 100 pounds, 200 pounds, 300 pounds. The difference between success and falling off the wagon is that strong support network. We all need to be reminded all the time that if others can meet their fitness goals, we can too, no doubt. So do not listen to that naysaying voice in your head that says you can't do it. It's flat out wrong. So today, we're going to be chatting with one of our Spark experts, Becky Hand, about the best and worst cookout foods. I'm thinking bratwurst has to be on the list of worst foods because bratwurst just sounds like a food you want to avoid. I may be wrong, and she'll tell me if I am. And she's also going to be sharing some great, easy food options for enjoying the many delicious summer delights without gaining weights. And I don't know about you, but when I think summer, I think ice cream. I do. No apologies, my friends. I love me ice cream. And we're going to be talking with a woman who's learned to manage her mind through meditation, which has helped her to lose all the weight she wanted to lose, but even more importantly, manage those thoughts that made her feel stressed or depressed. So we're going to talk with her because... If you can manage your mind, it makes it easier to stop yourself from reaching from that third helping of ice cream. And today we're going to be focusing on both the mental and physical side of getting in shape, also known as taking excellent care of that miracle of a body you're walking around in. So yes, you have to be physically active in order to get your healthiest weight. And yes, you have to choose foods that are predominantly high in nutrition. However, as you well know, getting into shape, it's largely an inside job, people, And by that, I mean you have to get your mind on your side. You have to be your own best friend on this journey because otherwise, if you're critical of yourself, that's going to stimulate those emotional appetites. So just to get this party started, let's talk a little bit about that internal dialogue, the way you're talking to yourself every day. Every single day, you're having thousands of thoughts. Some studies say 30,000. Some say 60,000. But of those thousands of thoughts, if most of them are negative, you're going to start to get stressed and depressed and feel like you're not going to be able to make it to your weight loss goals. But the good news is, once you start noticing the way you're talking to yourself and starting today, start to think about how you're thinking, it's going to be easier to stop that out of control train of negative thinking because that is what stresses us out. It is that inner dialogue in our minds. So it's about training yourself to be kinder to yourself, to create an internal dialogue that's positive. So Here's a couple thinking strategies guaranteed to reduce your stress. First of all, you want to take that internal dialogue and make it an external one. It's what I call using the out loud voice. So start pumping yourself up. Talk out loud to yourself. Some people may think you're crazy, but it's crazier not to have a conversation with that part of your mind that's actually being a bad friend in your head. So talk out loud to yourself. Put a positive spin on it. Start to talk to yourself like you're talking to a really good friend and give yourself a regular pat on the back for even your intention to get healthy. If you're reinforcing 
that positive attitude, that positive way of, of respecting yourself and thinking about yourself, even for your intentions, there's something in you that's going to start to relax. And when you're relaxed, you have less compulsion around food. So it's very, very important to monitor that internal conversation. And remember that the quality of the thoughts dictates the quality of your life. And training and thinking positively, it's required for most of us because a lot of studies show that 77% of our thoughts tend towards the negative. So thinking positive, it's not Pollyanna-like, it's not overly optimistic, it's just a smart approach because it allows you to feel more present, and when you feel present, you feel powerful, that's when you can transcend that urge to eat food you're not hungry for. So keep that in mind. Starting today, my friends, take that internal conversation up and talk about it with other people. Say, let's do this together, because when you team up to make anything happen, it just makes it easier. And I know we all want a little easy. So next up, are you ready for summer? Are you feeling excitement about the long, hot summer days? Or are you worrying about getting into a swimsuit? Well, we're going to put that worry to rest, because our next guest is going to give us tips to enjoy the summer treats while staying committed to our fitness goals. You're listening to Spark People Radio with more than 15 million members in over 100 countries. We're spreading the positive spark across the globe thanks to you. Two of America's most iconic brands, Craftsman and Harley-Davidson, have teamed up to produce a line of unique, special edition co-branded tool storage units. Three units are available now, a three-drawer portable, nine-drawer combo, and 18-drawer combo in advance of Father's Day. All units feature a black frame, official Harley-Davidson vintage orange drawer fronts, and official Harley-Davidson decaling, including the Harley-Davidson bar and shield. Craftsman, available exclusively at Sears full-line stores, Sears hometown stores, Craftsman.com. Craftsman, made to make. You're listening to Spark People Radio, a program designed to support you in experiencing the delicious and rewarding feeling of being healthy in every sense of the word. I'm Lily Hills, and I'm delighted to have with us Spark expert and nutritionist Becky Hand, who's going to give us the lowdown on the best and the worst summer cookout foods. Becky, I'm already thinking there's a chance that you're going to lower the boom on me for my passion for barbecue chips. A sandwich just isn't a sandwich out with, without my side of barbecue chips in the summer. So you know, <laughs> I don't think you have to worry. We'll figure out a way to work those in. Okay. I love you for that. Thank you so much. So let's just dive right in. And will you share with us what, let's start with the foods to avoid. Let's go, let's go on that tact first, and then we'll get into the ones that we should be focusing on this summer. Okay. Shall we start with some of those protein foods? Yes, please. Let's let's start out with those. Um, you know, some of the foods that we're going to want to avoid while we're grilling out this summer would definitely be those higher fat, high calorie sausages that we oftentimes throw on the grill. Those very very large um, portions of steak that the footlongs. Pardon the me. Foot, the footlong hot dogs. Is that yes, what you're referring to? Yes, the footlong to? hot dogs, mm -hmm. the brats, the mets, the monster <laughs> steaks. Those really are just going to add tons of calories and fat to that plate. Got it. And anything with the word monster in it, I think, should be avoided overall. <laughs> Wouldn't That's you agree? Right. Okay. I would definitely agree. So the big slabs of anything. The big slab of anything that's taking up the entire plate. Yeah. 
Take, <laughs> that's right. American-sized portions. So in terms of those bratwurst and, and those sausages, is it because of the higher fat content? Is it because of the the ingredients being pig's feet and all those things that we're, we're told are the predominant reason we should be avoiding them? You know, there's a couple of things that come into play. One of them, of course, is the excessive amount of calories that's primarily coming from fat, which is usually a saturated fat in those kind of foods. Many of those foods, the processed meats like the hot dogs and the brats and the mets, high in sodium as well. And then the other thing that you get into play with meats just in general when we're grilling them is grilling them appropriately so we don't end up with a lot of that dark black charred effect because we know when those muscle meats hit, hit that heat and develop those um, that charring, it can um, produce some cancerous properties to that meat. So there's um, a healthy way to grill meat as well. Okay, so definitely have a timer by your grill. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, and even um, sometimes it's best to start maybe with a couple of minute microwave cooking in the kitchen and then bring them outside to the grill of your choice and finish them off on the grill. Um, another tip is to, if you're using any kind of sweet glaze barbecue sauce, don't add that until the very last couple of minutes of the cooking time because that sugar content can also bring about that charring and produce those cancer-causing chemicals. So those are just a couple of ways to cut, cut back on those. Okay, fantastic. And what are some of the other foods that, other than those those giant, uh, yes. super-duper-sized portions, what are some of the other right. foods that we'll want to steer clear of? Still steer clear of, of course, as you're rounding out that plate, you're going to want to watch those those chips as you were talking about and those creamy potato salads and the coleslaw that's just drenched in that heavy mayonnaise, those type of foods in very small portions add hundreds of extra calories, but there are definitely healthier versions and healthier ways to make all of those foods so that you can still enjoy the flavor of them, but in a healthier fashion. That that makes sense. It's really more about portion management in those cases. It so, is about portion management. And when you're talking about some of those creamy pasta salads, coleslaw, those potato salads, you can now use a low-fat mayonnaise when as your base. You can use a low-fat mayonnaise plus half of a Greek yogurt and then add on your additional flavorings to that salad. And that way you're going to cut hundreds of calories from some of those dishes. You're making my mouth water, Becky. <laughs> We're all ready. <laughs> We're ready. We're ready for the summer. That's right. Okay, so we only have a minute left. Okay. What are some of the foods that we should turn to? What should be our main focus this summer? You know, the other thing that I want to remind people, which is great, is to use that grill for some of those fruits and vegetables because that grilling aspect adds great flavor to those fruits and vegetables. You're probably going to end up eating more. There are not the harmful um, cancer chemicals that are produced, as you see, with meat. So it's a win-win situation from, for all. And, and some of the vegetables that work best are your thicker, denser vegetables like a portobello mushroom. You can grill asparagus, peppers, um, any of those type of things work well on the grill. You can brush them lightly with a little olive oil or your favorite vinaigrette dressing and then just a couple of minutes on the grill and you're going to have a delicious side dish of grilled vegetables. And don't forget, do the grilled fruits for a dessert. 
That sounds absolutely delicious. I'm going to try that this summer. I'm going to report back to you. Okay, please do. And please hang with us because we're going to be talking with Becky more about some of the foods that our ancestors ate that might hold the key to living at our healthiest weight. I'm excited to hear about what George Washington was chowing down on with his okay. ivory teeth. Not the wooden ones, the ivory ones. <laughs> You're listening to Spark People Radio. 15 million Sparksters teaming up to get in the best shape of their lives. One day, one workout, and one meal at a time. This piece of road intelligence is brought to you by the highly intelligent Audi A6 with night vision assistant. 80% of drivers multitask. Take the guy next to you who's paying more attention to the lettuce between his teeth than the road. Audi. Truth in engineering. Night vision assistance available feature. Do not drive while distracted. Alan Taylor here from The Drive. The Audi A6 is equipped to help you navigate practically anything you may encounter on the road. With features like the available Audi Quattro all-wheel drive and Audi Drive Select, which allows you to adjust the car's handling and responsiveness. Visit your local Audi dealer to learn more. You're listening to Spark People Radio, a show designed to remind you that you're always just one workout, one meal, or one thought away from getting back on track with your health-related goals. What matters most is not what you did in the past, but what you do from this moment forward. And we're talking with Becky Hand, a Spark nutritionist and all-around great gal. And Becky, can we please start with some details on what it was that our forefather, George Washington, was eating back in colonial times, back when we gals were wearing boned corsets and the men were wearing knee breeches and waistcoats and hats? That must have been a hot Hot and we costume. were trying to, and we were trying to develop our country. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exciting times. Exciting times. <laughs> Exciting times. You know, a lot of the foods that we still eat today were very common um, during those colonial time period, especially amongst, shall I say, the jet setters such as George Washington himself. Um, <laughs> beef, chicken, pork, fish, even fruits and vegetables, and baked products, baked goodies were all a part of that George Washington time period. However, foods were primarily fried, baked, broiled, and boiled to death by those colonial cooks. Um, some of those cooking methods we still use today. They also, of course, for beverages, enjoyed their coffee and their tea and their hot chocolate, even though they didn't have a Starbucks on every corner. Um, but <laughs> At the same time, they were consuming thousands and thousands of calories, but with their lifestyle, they needed those calories. That's right. It was a, it was a, a much more active lifestyle. We it, didn't have televisions or computers, so we were out playing during the day or working hard in the fields. That's right. Farming and walking to get everywhere, no matter where you wanted to go, maybe a horseback or a, a carriage, but um, most folks were um, hoofing it. And then just the chores, the laundry, the cooking, tremendous amount of calories exp being expended every day. It's absolutely true. With, back then, I know that the the uh, colonists didn't have refrigeration. How did they preserve their foods? That's right. During George Washington colonial days, no refrigeration whatsoever, which just kind of boggles my mind how you would even cook and, and have food to prepare. Right. Um, and the interesting thing is that they did not even have canning would not be invented for 10 more years until after George Washington's death. So when you take away refrigeration and you take away the canning of foods, then you really are looking at things that you are cooking immediately. So they're going out, they're hunting for that turkey, they're killing it that morning, cooking it open, over an open fire, otherwise it's going to spoil. 
Um, they served meats usually with the head and the feet on. Um, and of course, many of their fruits and vegetables were then dried to preserve them somewhat for winter months um, when it was off season and things were not as readily available. My God, it really is a miracle that any of us survived, any of them it, survived. That's right. That's that, right. It truly is. We um, would not even be able to fathom how to preserve ourselves with those kind of uh, situations today. That's right. And everything must have been passed down in terms of tricks and techniques to maintain the freshness of the food. Did they have cookbooks back in those days? You know, their cookbook situation, um, if you were wealthy enough, or should I say lucky enough, to even own a cookbook, uh, most families did not, you had to decipher recipes that contained strange-sounding measurements like a teacup full of molasses or a great spoon full of ginger or a little milk. Um, because they did not have our standard measuring cups as we know today or scales, anything like that would be in the home for cooking techniques. So the way the cookbooks were written, very unusual using those kind of terms. Oh, my gosh. I, it just yeah. all sounds so much harder. And, you know, it really was because the number one cause of death for women back in the colonial age was not childbirth, which we oftentimes think of. It was actually um, through burning because their big hoop skirts that they wore and because they had to be cl so close to these open flames during the cooking time, their skirts would catch on fire and that would lead to death by burning, which is a very scary aspect. Um, you know, no thermometers, no closed oven doors. So they were testing temperatures based on the brightness of the heat and how it felt. Um, just I just can't even imagine the heat and the sweat um, and everything. We are just a bunch of wimps today. <laughs> well, let me tell you, I'm raising my hand high on that uh, <laughs> on that note. Shout out to our foremothers because mm -hmm. they really did. They had to have some serious gumption. That's right. And I'm just thinking, I, I just wish there was one or or a million ladies out there who would raise their hands and say, when we're cooking, we don't have to wear hoop skirts. Or these corsets. I mean, we were we were sold a bill of goods on that one. That's right. That's I give a big woohoo on no more hoop skirts. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, food sanitation. Uh, that was probably a huge concern at the time as well. Exactly. You know that there was a tremendous amount of food poisoning, food spoilage, but people had to use some of those foods that were beginning to spoil, which is oftentimes how come they were using sauces and everything was put into a barbecue sauce or they were downing it with some sugar and some other seasonings, um, frying it just to make it taste better. So all those kind of things were taking place. Flies were rampant everywhere. There were no screen doors. There were no screens in your windows, anything like that. So the flies and the bugs were just buzzing around um, spring, summer, and fall. Uh, you just basically shooed those little flies and those critters off your food and just continued on with the meal. If I ever complain about cooking again, Becky, <laughs> please right. call me on it. Please just call me out and say, Lily... Think of your foremothers. We have Think of Martha to... Washington. I know. I know. <laughs> well, I am so glad that you came on to talk about this topic because I would never have known how much, I mean, I would never have had as clear a picture as to how brave our foremothers were. So. And they... They truly were awesome women. Awesome, awesome women. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us, lovely lady. Thank you so much. And next up, we're going to be talking with a lady who says in her blog, 
Being postmenopausal and from a family of heavy people, I concluded it was my destiny to be overweight. But now, 78 pounds later, she's going to tell us how she made the shift and what one of the biggest keys is to permanent and pleasurable weight loss. You're listening to Spark People Radio, a team of 15 million people looking to get in the best shape of their lives so they can enjoy more freedom and fun and have less stress. At Bridgestone, we say our passion for performance knows no bounds. But what does that mean? Well, it means that we're so passionate about tire technology that sometimes we find ourselves wondering what might happen if we applied that passion elsewhere. Like, say, furniture for your home. Oh, yeah. A sleek black tire tread sofa that can stop on a dime, with matching end table that can handle any road condition, and, uh, uh, well, perhaps we'll just stick to tires. Because really, tires are what we know best. Bridgestone. Your journey. Our passion. You're listening to Spark People Radio, a show designed to make it easier for you to keep your focus on all of your health and fitness goals and have more fun at the same time. I'm Lily Hill. And I'm Karen Hudson. And we want to throw out another trivia question to you for those of you out there who are listening, just to test your knowledge, a spark challenge, if you will. Spark challenge. I love that. (laughs) All right. This week's question is, which nutrient is known as the sunshine vitamin? Is it vitamin D, vitamin C, vitamin A, or calcium? I know this one. I know this one. I know this one, too. And I also Uh, We're going to let you know the answer at the end of the show. Exactly. Don't worry. We're not going to leave you hanging. (laughs) And I also know that you do want to get a little sunshine every day whenever possible. Not lay in the sun, slathered in oil with a silver foil Like dish. back in the day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but a little sunshine, this sunshine vitamin is going to make you feel better. And when you feel better, it's easier to get yourself motivated to work out and it's easier to avoid binge eating or overeating. Yeah, I was surprised by the answer to this one. Mm-hmm. It, it, um, it's tough sometimes to get sunshine. If you live in a foggy area, especially like we do, that is one area that I am a little deficient my doctor said, well, maybe it's because you live in foggy Carmel, and I had to agree with her. Yeah, it's so true. So, which nutrient known as the sunshine vitamin? Hang on for that one, my friends. And Karen and I were talking earlier today about one of the most difficult things about changing habits. And without a doubt, a huge part of change, like changing your eating habits or your workout habits, is dealing with discomfort. Because as human beings, we're hardwired to avoid pain and seek pleasure. This is a very big deal. This is our software, people. This is actually our hardware. Yeah, it is. It's in our DNA Mm -hmm. that we resist feeling uncomfortable. And if there's no pleasure in what you're eating and no pleasure in your workouts, we're going to rebel. We're going down. Going down. But it it even goes beyond that. So many aspects of our lives are uncomfortable already. You know, when we're dealing with the untamed mind, which all of us are every day, uh, dealing with crazy schedules between work and home, Dealing with fighting children, my gosh, that's enough to send anybody into the crazy house. (laughs) Um, Any more discomfort, even if it's minor, it feels like we're going to lose it, that we just can't take it. It's true. However, being comfortable with discomfort is going to help you make the transition to getting fitter and less stressed. 
And here's what I mean by that. I'll use myself as an example. In my history, when I was struggling around my weight, dealing with 65 extra pounds, every time I had to do something that required more effort than I wanted to expend, even if it was carrying my groceries to the car, my mind would start down the complaint track. I don't want to do this. This is heavy. I don't like this. I resisted what I had to do. So now I was not only dealing with the discomfort of carrying three bags of groceries, Uh I was dealing with the voice in my head that was making it even harder than it needed to be. So I learned in time and through the advice of a very wise man to befriend discomfort by imagining what I'd get out of it if I allowed myself to be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and not miserably uncomfortable, not, you know, stick knives through my arms and legs uncomfortable, but merely more physically engaged. If I could think about how I'd benefit from that, I could surrender to it and I would, it wouldn't be as challenging. I'd be more likely to move. Beautiful. So I started to train myself to think about the extra calories I was burning by moving more or carrying those groceries or walking up the staircase instead of taking the elevator. And if you're more physically uncomfortable, not mentally, but physically, that means you're burning more calories and building more muscles. That's going to get you to your healthiest weight faster. Yeah, that's beautiful. And that's where you change your focus. And when you focused on the fact that you're losing weight and you know, that can, that can happen anywhere. You know, even when you're on vacation, um, for example, last summer, my husband, Scotty and I were going up to our cabin up in the mountains and it is a magical place up in the clouds it's almost 10,000 feet in the eastern sierras and his grandmother bought it in the 40s it's absolutely remote and spectacular and runs on propane it runs on propane old school fresh spring coming up no electricity and you know for years we didn't even get cell reception up there but getting to it is a physical feat you bet and so last summer we were we headed up just the two of us so we get there at midnight Ouch. And, and yeah, which is late as it, as it is. And we, you know, all you want to do after a six and a half hour drive is just crash anyway. So we had to, we parked the car as we do and we walked a good, you know, half a mile or so up to the cabin. And by the, t- when we got to the cabin, we realized that the aluminum rowboat had two feet of water in it. So, so you have to, Go to the cabin, get the boat to go back to get all your Correct. stuff. Yeah, because Lily's you can't. been there. You, you, we've got to row the boat back to get all of the things out of the car because you can't carry all of the things out. It doesn't. The car doesn't reach the cabin. So trying to first of all dump two feet of water out of a rowboat, if anybody's tried to do it, is incredibly <laughs> difficult. Thank goodness I got a studly husband who did most of that work, but it was tiring and we had to bail it out and tip it over. Anyway, finally got it out thinking, gee, there must have been a, a big rainstorm. Get in the boat to go row back over to the car to get all of our things. And as we're rowing in the middle of the lake, we look down and we see a spout of water coming out, <laughs> just like a little fountain literally coming out of the bottom of the boat. Realize, well, that's why the boat was full of water. It had a bullet hole in it. Often, uh, hunters, uh, hike by the cabin in the wintertime and someone must have just used it as target practice and shot a hole in the bottom of the rowboat. So here we are, midnight, trying to row across the lake, water pouring into the boat in the middle of the lake. And I have my Crocs on, you know, those rubber shoes. I just put my foot on it. We get over to the edge and Scotty ends up as I'm holding my foot over the hole, <laughs> throwing duffel bags into the the uh, the boat, I it all of a sudden dawned on me. You know, first I went to resistance, like I'm so uncomfortable. First of all, I'm tired, I'm hungry, I don't want to be standing in this boat getting soaking wet and and having to do any of this. 
What'd you but, say to Scotty? Oh, I said to Scotty, why, <laughs> why can't we be like normal people and stay in a hotel, honey? <laughs> Which I kind of meant, but really didn't because I love being up there. But it's the same. It goes back to what Lily was just saying. It, being uncomfortable, I knew I was burning calories. I knew it was a physical activity. And going to the cabin is physical. It keeps me young and fit, Lil. And so just as you shifted your mindset around being uncomfortable, so did I. Because anytime you're moving your body and lifting and walking and doing anything physical, you're burning calories and That's staying right. healthy. So and, and, and pat yourself on the back. When you are physical, the way that you're not going to resist it as much is if you're affirming yourself a little bit because it's hard to do something and not get any credit for it, like cooking no. your meals for your kids and not getting any appreciation. Thankless work. It's about appreciating yourself, giving yourself that reinforcement so you're likely to do it again so you don't resist it as much. Smart tactic, my friends. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. It's the, it's what's going to take you to your healthiest and fittest self. Listen to the pretty lady. She knows what she's talking about. <laughs> so next up. Do you want to start your day with a mindset that's going to make it easier to, to stay connected to your physical appetites rather than your emotional appetites and help you to stay on your workout regime? We're going to talk about a miracle morning coming up next. You're listening to Spark People Radio, and whenever you feel like you're needing a high-powered pep talk, please remember to connect with us. We've got your back every step of the way. Barrett Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auction, celebrates their inaugural auction at Hot August Nights 2013 in Reno, Nevada. It's August 8th through the 11th. Join thousands in the event that takes over the town. Hundreds of amazing vehicles will cross the auction block at Hot August Nights. That's August 8th through the 11th in Reno, Nevada. Tickets are available at BarrettJackson.com. That's BarrettJackson.com. And welcome back to Spark People Radio. When you're tired of listening to all of the negative messages out there, all the voices of doom and gloom, please tune in to us to get a positive message that gets you fired up around your fitness goals. And I am so happy to have with me today Celia Miner, a very cool woman who's turned her weight and her life around. She went from 224 pounds, where it really hurt to walk upstairs and was difficult to breathe, to today, 146 pounds. And even more important than the weight loss, Celia was able to turn her life around. She's feeling more energy and more enthusiasm than ever before. You know I love hearing that. And Celia, welcome to the show. And word on the street is that a huge part of what helped you to turn your weight and your life around was through meditation, managing those thoughts that sometimes make us reach for food we're not hungry for. And the practice of meditation quiets our mind. So can you share a little bit more about about how you found this to be the case. I'll be glad to. Um, thanks, Lily, first of all, for having me on the show. I really appreciate this. It's quite an honor. Oh, it's an honor <laughs> for us, Celia. To... <laughs> honor for us. I have to say that um, my meditation goes a, a bit before Spark People. Um, I was really burned out in my job, um, probably because of my really, really nasty commute. I, I spend three and a half to four hours a day just commuting. Wow. And it was eating my lunch. So I went on a personal retreat to Kripalu, if we're allowed to plug a place. You bet. And there I discovered Yoga Nidra and other management techniques that I learned from a life coach. And I brought those back and started using those in my life. And 
as I was able to manage the stress of the commute, I started looking at other areas I wanted to change. And the, the big one was my weight because I was really pretty heavy. Um, as you pointed out, I couldn't go up and down the stairs without gasping. I certainly couldn't walk the 13 floors to my, my office if I, if I ever had to do that. So um, the meditation helped me manage the stress of the job. It helped me focus on what else I wanted to do in my life. And one day I just happened to be looking around and I saw this link to spark people and I clicked on it. I went, whoa, that looks like a a really great opportunity to treat the whole person. It wasn't just a weight loss program. It wasn't just, you know, eat less and exercise more. It was like motivation and all the different techniques that came with a very much whole person. So I was able to um, incorporate my meditation techniques to manage the stress of of losing weight because it's that's a stressful thing when all of a sudden you're changing your life like that. It's so true. It's so true. And what a lot of us don't realize is that the reason that we're reaching for food is often because we're trying to quiet that voice in our head. We're trying to numb ourselves or comfort ourselves. And food becomes the easiest default because, let's face it, it's fun and it's delicious. But the challenge is oftentimes we're eating much more than we're hungry for because we were unable to quiet that voice in our head that either makes us worry about the future or feel regret about the past or judge ourselves or judge someone else. That's a, that's an active voice in all of our heads. And we don't get training in that, in which we should, from a very early age because it really is the key to being relaxed in the moment and trusting your process and developing a higher sense of connection with the present moment, the one that's happening now, which is where life's always unfolding. So is your meditation technique, I know a lot of people think, well, I don't know how to meditate or it's too hard. How would you respond to that? I have had people say, I can't quiet my mind for for 10 minutes. And I say, well, do it for 30 seconds. Try it for a minute. Mm -hmm. Just sit back straight and take a deep breath. All of that is is a way to quiet your mind. It doesn't take a master in being able to sit in full lotus for hours. It's it's every little action you take can be a, a quieting one. That's that's beautifully said. Every action you take, even doing something like meditation is, is about quieting the mind, but sometimes you need something to focus on so that you are not as distracted by the thoughts that are going to dance through your head. So do you do a meditation where you focus on your breath, or do you look at some people like to use a candle, or some people like to uh, count from 1 to 10, up and down, up and down? What do you use as your meditation technique? I don't stick to just one, but but the main one is concentrating on my breath, and I like to have a quiet music that in the background. I, I find that I meditate better when my senses are engaged at a low level. I'm sitting alone with absolutely no noise. That really doesn't work for me. Um, being able to see the wind blowing through the trees or birds flying by, something like that, that, that really um, helps me calm myself down. Uh, I also use yoga nidra. Uh, of course, they, there's always yoga and savasana at the end. So there are uh, any number of techniques that I use. And, and savasana is when you're just lying there, feeling your body relaxing completely, which to me is one of the most delicious feelings on the planet Earth. It is. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to add one more is that um, I, I like walking meditation. 
That's a great idea. It's it's almost like for those that are really struggling with quieting their mind, it's it's understanding that it's okay if your mind's not quiet. It's all about the practice. That's true. It it it, it just it's coming to it's like yoga coming to your mat and making that commitment for the next hour or however long your yoga practice is. So do you meditate throughout your day, or do you find that it's mostly in the morning? Do you do it once a day? Do you do it twice a day? What's, what's, what's a good average? For me, managing my commute is meant that I use my commute time now for my meditation time because I don't drive. I go and catch a bus, and then I catch the subway. So I, I have time to sit and meditate in the morning, and that's, that is now my me time. That sounds like such a great use of your time, and I, I so appreciate the wisdom you're bringing to our listeners because a lot of them are out there, th- they've heard, thought for years, I've got to try meditation, and hopefully this conversation will move them in that direction. Celia, so thank you so much. And I did read in your blog that you declared 2011 to be the year of me, so I'm, I'm thinking 2013 is going to be the year of you too. So I'm wishing you lots of joy on your journey, and thank you for sharing your experience around meditation and how it's helped you. It's going to help a lot of people. Thank you so much. So next up, listeners, we're going to be joined by my lovely co-host, Karen Hudson, a.k.a. Lucy to my Ethel, and uh, we're going to be talking about more techniques to get you connected to having more joy in your life and less stress, because that's where the weight starts coming off. You're listening to Spark People Radio, the show for those who want to get beyond excuses and frustration around their fitness goals and move towards them with support, inspiration, and information to make it happen faster. Is your car talking to you? Do you hear a squeal when you step on the brake pedal? Chances are this is the brake pad wear indicator telling you that it's time to replace those brake pads. Your Haynes manual will lead you through this relatively easy procedure. Over 400 Haynes manuals are offered covering most vehicles on the road. For information on a repair manual for your car, go to Haynes.com. That's Haynes, H-A-Y-N-E-S dot You're listening to Spark People Radio, and if you ever need a little kickstart to get you back on track to give you a much-needed, gentle push in the right direction, please tune in to us, because we want to make your road to your healthiest self paved with joy and fun, a few laughs, and a feeling of personal empowerment that lasts all week. I'm Lily Hill. And I'm Karen Hudson. And are you working hard to reach your weight loss goals, but feel like you need an extra push or motivation? Or shove. Get the extra guidance and support you need with Spark Coach. It's the virtual coaching program which provides unlimited access to spark people experts and daily video-based guidance to keep you motivated and accountable to your goals. Sounds good. Start your one-week free trial today by going to www.sparkcoach.com. So, ladies and gentlemen, we want to talk with you about a subject that's near and dear to my heart. Oh, yes. The morning. Ah. Now, I haven't been a morning person traditionally, as Karen knows. That's putting it mildly, <laughs> Lil. Not that she's cranky in the morning, but you do not want to be calling her before 10 o'clock. I think I'm the only one on this planet that has that hall pass. Yeah, and it's because we work together. Lily protects her sleep like a castle. It's true. And she has laid that down. It hasn't always been a popular rule with her family, but I really admire it. Or my friends. Or your friends. 
apart from me, who totally ignores it, but um, <laughs> Lily uses that time wisely in the morning for your morning ritual. It's a lovely way to enter the day. And again, you don't have children around or, a, you know, to, to break up that routine. So you have the, the luxury. Privileges of being a single girl. Yes. And what I came to find is that when you can create a morning that is more calm than fast-paced, you set yourself up for success for the rest of the day. So the miracle morning concept is essentially if you start your day and you really get defined clearly what it is you want to do throughout your day, don't just stumble into your day and start moving towards the coffee pot and brushing your teeth. Sitting down and strategizing around your day is going to make all the difference in the world. I guarantee you, if you're taking anywhere between five minutes and an hour in the morning to write down your worries about the day, to think about what you want most, to run some gratitudes through your mind so that you put yourself in a more positive mindset. It's going to make an incredible difference. And part of the reason is because when you're coming out of the sleep state, your mind is more accepting of positive information. And when you're talking out loud and you're saying, I'm going to make this day incredible, I'm going to stay connected to my physical appetites, I'm not going to get swept up in the old story, I'm going to create a new story today. There's something about that, that focus that sets your day off in a much healthier fashion and that's when you're much more likely to stay connected to the present moment, to reduce your stress levels and reach all of your goals, whether fitness related or in any other arena. Yeah, it's really true. A few years ago, I switched my morning routine and instead of sleeping in and just rushing like a chicken with my head cut off, I listened to the advice of a very wise gentleman who shared how important it is to stretch and, and move your body a little bit in the morning. So I started with just 10 minutes and now I'm up to about 30 minutes every morning. And I find that it wakes me up because I'm oxygenating my body. I'm breathing, I'm doing my yoga, and I'm spending the time to meditate too. So I feel even more energized because of it. I resist it sometimes and I think, oh, I just want to get to the coffee because gosh, I love my cup of joe. <laughs> but I found that when I do this, like you said, Lily, it, it creates a foundation for the day that makes me feel so much better. So share with us some keys, Lil, of, of things to do in the morning to set a ritual, to, to set some practices that are going to set us on the right foot. Okay. So first thing you want to do is start with gratitudes. Because if you're going the gratitude route, you're going to put yourself in a healthier frame Always of mind. Always a good idea. It's, it's, a, it's a miraculous practice. So Truly. go with the gratitudes. Get out of bed. Do a little stretching. Oh, meditate for a little so bit. Because that meditation, even though it's hard, I know, you don't have to be good at it. You just have to practice it. But it's basically practicing taming your mind, quieting the mind, so that you're more at choice in terms of, Am I going to eat or not eat? And if you're upset, it's much easier to reach for food you're not hungry for. So morning meditation, gratitude, stretching your body, and then setting your intention. What do you want your day to be like? What do you want to focus on? Having that strategy, even doing those four things, game changers. Fantastic. Great advice. Great answers. And speaking of answers, we want to give you the answer to the Spark Trivia question that we asked earlier in the show. What is it? It is vitamin D. I knew it. Uh-huh. I did too. That was a little bit of a gimme. That's how, we, that's how we roll here on Spark Radio. So thanks so much for hanging with us, Spark friends. And next week, we're going to be sharing more motivation, more inspiration, more information to keep you on track. And we want to remind you before we close out for the day, no matter what you did yesterday or last month or even earlier today, 
you are just one choice away from getting back on track. It is not about not falling off the horse. It's just about getting back on as soon as possible. That's the key. So saddle up, partners. Until next week, spark on. Have you been dreaming about upgrading your car's stereo system? But you don't want an amplifier the size of a suitcase taking up all the space in your car. You need to check out Kenwood, the number one mobile electronics brand in the country. With Kenwood, you can get the power you need and still have plenty of room for that junk in your trunk. Learn more by visiting liveconnecteddriveconnected.com and to find a Kenwood dealer near you.